This podcast is brought to you by Australia's LGBTQIA plus community media organisation, Joy. Keep Joy on air by becoming a member, a subscriber or donate. Head to joy.org.au. Joy, a diverse sound for a diverse community. Pets Aloud, brought to you by the Lost Dogs Home on Joy 94.9. Hello and welcome to another edition of Pets Aloud, Joy's very own show about pets. I'm Kristen and I will be keeping you company until 1pm today. And joining me in the studio to talk all things pets is Dr. Alan Bolton, Senior Veterinarian from the Frank Samways Vet Clinic. Alan, welcome back to Pets Aloud. Hello, it's great to be here. Come December, who among us isn't ready for the sunshine, barbecues, holidays and all the other joys that summer brings? And while we're all starting to get ready for summer, we also need to make sure our pets are ready for summer too. Today on Pets Aloud, we'll be talking about the things you need to do and what you need to look out for to ensure your pet stays happy and healthy all summer long. Now, we do obviously have Dr. Alan Bolton in the studio here today and he is ready to answer all of your pet health questions regarding summer. So do you have something you want to ask him? Let us know. Also coming up on the show, grooming your pet in time for summer is a must for many pet owners. We're going to find out what you can do to keep your pet looking smart all through the hot weather. And it is still spring, but we have already had our first brush with 30 degree plus weather. So we will find out what we should do to help our pets beat the heat this summer. And as we said, it's not just us who need to get ready for summer. Our pets do too. So we're going to chat about some of the things you can do to make sure your pet stays happy and healthy all summer long. And Dr. Allen will be answering your pet care questions. So make sure you send them in. Now, all of that and much more coming up on today's show. The Pets Aloud News Wrap. A look at the news of the week from the Lost Dogs Home. Now, Alan, would you like to tell us a bit about our first news item of the week? I will indeed. Our shelter dogs are warming up and getting ready to rescue Melbourne's office workers again from the confines of their cubicles with the 2015 Human Walking Program, which is on Friday, November the 20th. So that's two weeks away today. We are encouraging the office workers of Melbourne to get off their tails, stretch their walking legs and head down to Flagstaff Gardens from 12 to 2pm where one of our beloved adoption candidates can take you for a walk and a play in the park. Now for the Homes General Manager of Fundraising and Communications, Kate Holter, the program is a great opportunity for office workers to take a much needed break outside away from the office and to be able to interact with a shelter dog away from the shelter environment. Now, Kate said, dogs make wonderful companions and are widely known as stress relievers. The Human Walking Program gives office workers the opportunity to find out for themselves why shelter animals make great pets. Last year's program was an overwhelming success with all of the dogs at the event going on to find their forever homes shortly afterwards, uh, said Kate. In partnership with the City of Melbourne, this year's program will return to Flagstaff Gardens, home of the inaugural Human Walking Program. Ambassador and Human Walking Program presenter Mike Larkin is encouraging office-bound city workers to escape and join him in the fresh air for a walk and play with the dogs at lunchtime. The Human Walking Program will run from 12 to 2pm with opportunities for people to be walked by friendly tail waggers of all shapes and sizes and we will have food vendors, music and information about adopter there on the day. Now, our second news item of the week is that Dudley has found his forever home. Now, we love seeing our adoption dogs and cats go on to find their forever homes. But while some animals are quickly adopted, for others, it can actually take quite a while for their perfect family to come along. 
Now, last week, just shy of his one-year anniversary at our Compassby shelter, charming feline Dudley found his perfect companion and headed off to his forever home. Uh, after spending more than eight times longer than the average stay of any cat at our shelters. Arriving at our home as a stray late last year, it didn't take long for six-year-old Dudley's personality to shine through. A natural explorer with an inquisitive nature, our Echuca staff couldn't believe that this adventurous gentleman was really six years old. While there's no time limit on how long a cat can be waiting to be adopted, the average length of stay for a feline is approximately 40 days. Dudley was available for adoption for 352 days. So he was up for adoption for that long. And also, just a side note, he was actually in our care for 364 days. So literally so one day, <laughs> one shy, day of shy, shy of his first anniversary. So after watching many of his shelter companions go on to find their perfect matches, it was about time that Dudley found his own forever home. So stay tuned. We will give you an update in the coming weeks on how Dudley is going in his forever home. Now, if you are looking to adopt a cat or kitten you can check out our website dogshome.com cats and now let's draw open the curtain on this week's pet of the week this week's pet of the week would you like to tell us a bit about this week's pet of the week? So this week's pet of the week is Ace, and he's a really sweet little black and white cat, mainly white with some black splodges on his face. Um, he is seeking a quiet home where he can enjoy a peaceful lifestyle. He's really affectionate and he wants to be cherished and adored. We can assure you that he will return the favour. Due to his light colouring, it's probably best if he was inside all the time, or certainly most of the time, um, which will protect his light features, so his ears and his tip of his nose um, from the sun. If you can offer Ace a lifetime of love and care and a decent supply of pats, he'd love to meet you. His ID number is 998-677. Um, he's at our North Melbourne shelter. You can call them on 9329-2755, or or pop down there in person at 2 Gracie Street, North Melbourne. We do have uh, lots of other cats up for adoption as well at both our North Melbourne and our Echuca shelters. So if you are looking for a feline companion, please do head down and have a look. Um, with so many up for adoption, it also means that there are so many personality types. So whatever you're looking for, there is sure to be the cat for you. Whether you want, you know, a lazy couch potato or maybe a more active, playful kind of cat, there is definitely the perfect match for you. And we also have lots of dogs available. We do lots of dogs as well. We can't forget the dogs. And yeah. lots of big dogs too. We do. So we've had lots of big dogs for a while. Yeah. And sometimes they take a little bit longer because I guess people um, are a little bit wary or, or a bit worried. But actually, my sister-in-law adopted a really big sort of staffy cross about four weeks ago. And she came to visit at the weekend. Oh, did and she? we took six dogs to the beach, oh. <laughs> ranging from Elvis, who is like a three kilo chihuahua, which belongs to Manuel's mum, up to a 30 kilo sort of Amstaff that's and very cute. we had a ball I would have loved to have seen such a variety of dogs all walking yep. side by side it along the great. beach oh they weren't really walking they were oh, sort they of were. charging around terrorising people at times see um, <laughs> another thing as well is people might think that big dogs need to be exercised constantly throughout the day which is not necessarily true I mean obviously all dogs do need their stimulation mm. but I, like I have two big dogs for myself and I know they're happy with their daily walk and a bit of a play in the backyard and then they and then snooze they on the couch for the rest of the day yeah. whereas terriers like mine don't Yes, they're a lot more active, they aren't they? They go all the time. Always on the go, always something yep. to do. So as we enjoy the warmer weather over the summer months, many of us take to wearing fewer clothes and stepping up our grooming routine as a result. Now, it's important to consider this for your pets too. 
Coming up, we're going to find out how we should groom our pets in preparation for summer. Want to learn more about radio or audio editing? We're looking for people to join our team as program audio producers responsible for podcasting Joy 94.9's diverse range of weekly programs. Get involved, meet new people and learn new skills. Join the biggest community radio contributor of podcasts by volunteering for Joy's program production team. All skill levels are welcome. No prior knowledge of audio production required. Training is free for Joy members. Interested? Email Joy's production manager, Jason, via production at joy.org.au. Joy Podcasts, where you want them, when you want them, at joy.org.au. Now, grooming our pets over the summer months can help to reduce the heat and make our pets feel a little bit more comfortable in the warmer weather. However, there are some things you need to keep in mind while grooming your pet for summer. Earlier this week, our producer Sam caught up with Frank Samway's veterinary clinic groomer Galena to find out what you should do to keep your pet cool and looking their best and looking cool when it's hot outside. Lights, models, guest list... Just do your best, darling. Do pet owners need to think about increasing the amount of grooming they do for their pet over summer? Not increasing it so much, because you do want to keep a little bit of fur on them. You know, ideally every two to four months should you get your dog professionally groomed. Maybe a little bit sooner, maybe a little bit later, depending on the, the coat of the dog and the breed. Owners be looking to shave their dog for summer, or is it best to give their coat a trim instead? I believe best to to trim the coat, never to shave it. You'd have to keep in mind that dogs like us, they get sunburn, and so do cats. Um, so it's always best to leave just about an inch. It's not okay to leave your dog matted and then leave it for a groomer. So nice, short, regular grooming is best to do that than to give a groomer a very matted dog. And what about shaving your dog's belly? Is that something that could be done to keep them cool through summer? That actually helps regulate the, the temperature because the animal cools from the bottom up. So shaving, if you didn't want to trim your dog too often, you could just shave their belly and that will keep them cool. A pet's coat is actually designed to keep them cool in summer and warm in winter. Animals can regulate their temperature really well. So if you do shave your dog too much or too often or too short, they actually, um, it ruins their fur. Okay. It never grows back the same. So in between grooming treatment centers, are there things that a pet owner should do at home to keep them well maintained so they don't come in massive? Yeah, of course, the, like, a correct brush for starters, um, a nice bristle brush, also a comb, wide tooth comb to take out, just tease out the, the knots a little bit. Don't pull too hard or you'll just you'll hurt the animal. Longer haired dogs, do keep in mind they have to be brushed on a daily basis compared to short haired dogs, that's a weekly basis. 
owners, if they're comfortable, they can bath their dog, use, use the correct shampoo and conditioner. Um, their skin is like ours, they can, it can cause irritation. That was Galena, our groomer from the Frank Samways Veterinary Clinic, talking about what pet owners should do to ensure their pet is kept cool and looking their best this summer. And while we are here, just a quick shout out to Russ and Devlin, who have sent us a lovely message saying they're uh, stuck in traffic, but they're really enjoying the show and the pet info while they're there. So thank you, Russ and Devlin. We're glad, glad you are enjoying the show. Now, this summer is gearing up to be a real scorcher with Victoria already having some runs of really hot and humid days. Now, it isn't just us who can be affected by the summer heat. Our pets can too. So it's really important that we make sure they're prepared just like we are. Coming up, we're going to talk about what you can do to help keep your pet cool this summer. Pets Allowed on Joy 94.9. Now, summer is fast approaching and in preparation for the long, hot days on the horizon, Dr. Alan Bolton is here in the studio to talk to us about how we can make sure our pets stay healthy throughout summer. Now, a lot of us enjoy the summer heat, but sometimes too much of a good thing can lead to some serious health issues. Effects from the summer heat don't just impact us, but also our pets as well. Uh, and in very severe cases, um, extreme heat stress can uh, cause serious injury or even be fatal to our pets. So, Alan, what should pet owners do to make sure their pets stay cool, um, particularly if they're outside on, on warmer days? Well, I guess if you're leaving your dog outside on warmer days, it's the first thing is it's really important to ensure that they've got shade. So make sure that their bed is in the shade. Um, if, if you don't have shade in your backyard, then really they shouldn't be there. They should be indoors. Yep. Um, you should make sure that they've got access to cool water. And it's probably a good idea to have more than one water bowl or bucket if you've got a big dog, just so that they, if they knock one over or, you know, if one empties, then they've got a choice. Um, and also you can you can freeze that water and, and um, then it sort of stays cool longer throughout the day. I guess um, something else to remember as well is to just keep in mind that how the shade moves throughout the day as Absolutely. the sun moves. Yeah. So yeah. Um, it's yeah. So sort of know your space um, and make sure that they've always got that shade. I guess if if as the sun moves, then if there are different areas during the day, then maybe leave two or three beds out there so that they can make a choice. And what about animals who are fair skinned? So you know maybe they're white in colour or have pink noses. Um, how can we make sure that? they're protected because they're um, particularly at risk aren't they they are so i think we divide it up in dogs and cats and white cats which don't have any pigments in their the, the bits that tend to get damaged are their ear tips and their noses and you can see that because they sort of first of all they lose the hair and then they get a bit crusty and then they start to sort of look a bit black and then they sort of eat away and they can be, start bleeding so it can all be pretty unpleasant with cats White cats, I guess, really should be kept indoors in summer um, just because there is a risk. But you can certainly talk to your vet and get um, dog and cat specific sunblock, yep. um, which you can put on there. Um, dogs, it doesn't tend to be so much an ear and nose problem. With dogs, it tends to be dogs. Certain dogs love sunbaking and sunbathing, and so they will lie on their back. They'll lie on their back, and because they don't have much hair on their, on their belly, um, 
then that's where the sun, where they get effectively sunburnt and, and eventually that can cause cancer. Um, and just quickly back to the sunscreen, you do have to go to your vet, don't you, and get a I specially th- prescribed one, I not th- human sunscreen? You can buy over the counter. I mean, you don't need a prescription from your vet. You can buy it over your counter. Yep. I've got to say, I'm not absolutely sure what the difference is and we might need to look into that. But I think certainly take advice from your vet and they can yep. certainly sell you something appropriate and it's not hugely expensive, so... Might as well use the right one. Absolutely. So something else that can affect pets, much like it can affect um, people, um, is heat stroke. And that can be quite a serious issue in summer. Can you tell us what some of the signs of heat stroke are? So heat stroke happens when dogs and, ca- dogs and cats as well um, aren't able to control their body temperature and get too hot. And most of the way, like we talked about, if you leave your dog in the garden, most of the way they'll do that is behavioural. So they'll seek out cooler areas and they'll pant. um, And panting is their best way of cooling. So if they aren't able to move to somewhere cool or if something restricts their ability to cool themselves by panting, then their body temperature just goes up and up. And what they do is, first of all, they just pant more and more and they get distressed and they start slobbering quite a bit. Um, and they get sort of, they, they, you know, they, they, they can start vomiting and they really get quite distressed. Um, and eventually they can start convulsing and have seizures and, and it can be fatal. So it's, that's why we always, you know, we labour this point to say that it's really important that your dog can get somewhere cool they've got cool water and that you know that you're monitoring them appropriately and i've heard as well um that it kind of is similar to people where the quite young and the quite old are particularly at risk is that the same with that's pets? true it is yeah. certainly older dogs because their their respiratory systems aren't quite as and probably their circulation isn't quite as good so they just you know aren't as effective at losing that heat um young puppies are can't control their temperature at all, at all, really, and they either get cold or they get hot. And the other one that people sometimes forget about is really, really active dogs. So dogs that will play and play and play and are really focused on playing with balls and things like that will run too much and won't think about it and can eventually end up in trouble. So if uh, anyone does notice any of those signs of heat stroke in their pets, what should they do? Well, I think you need to get them to a vet. Um, and first of all, you know, you need if they're outside, you need to get them inside somewhere cool, get a fan on them, wrap them in damp towels. Not really. You, you would never, ever, don't ever throw them in a bath because they need to be cooled down gradually. It's really dangerous to cool them down too quickly. So I would say wrap them in a damp towel and get them to a vet. And so when they get to the vet, like what do you vets usually do to help them? Depends on the severity, but basically we need to, like I say, we cool them down gradually. So if you if you cool them down in an uncontrolled manner, you can cause all sorts of problems. So we generally put them on fluids. Um, we will use, um, sometimes we'll actually put um, alcohol on their extremities because it absorbs it absorbs lots of heat as it evaporates much more so than water so on their ears and on their feet um, we'll do the towel thing we'll use fans um, so there are lots of different things we can do but what we do is we monitor them really really closely to make sure that the temperature is coming down at appropriate rate and if they're very severe cases and they're having seizures then we have to use medication to control that as we cool them down now, it is important that pet owners take extra measures to make sure their pets remain cool throughout the summer. And remember, something that is so important is to make sure you, you never leave your pets uh, in a car, regardless of what time of day or how, or how hot 
it is um, mm. because it it doesn't take long for them to, it's basically to suffer. Just putting them in an oven. It is absolutely. Um, I think um, I've read that it only takes a few minutes for them to start feeling the effects, oh, and yeah, it can be really, fatal really quick. very yeah. quickly. Yeah. Um, so later on on today's show, Dr. Ellen will be answering your pet health questions. Pets allowed. Come December, many of us are ready to enjoy the sunshine, barbecues, holidays and all of the other joys that summer brings. One key preparation we need to do in the lead up to summer is to make sure our pets are ready for the hot weather. Now with a few simple tips, you can help prepare your pet and make sure they are safe all summer long. To help us get our pets ready for summer, Dr. Allen is going to answer a few common summer pet care questions. So, Alan, is it important for our pets to get a checkup in preparation for the summer months? Well, I guess especially if they're older, they m- most pets should have a checkup at least once a year because they need their vaccinations and whatever. And I guess traditionally most people get their pets at the start of summer because that's when the holidays are so it tends to just fall at that time of year but certainly if your pet is older or if it hasn't been sort of doing a lot over the winter months it's certainly worth getting them checked out and summer is um, also a time of year when some nasty little critters like ticks and fleas tend to thrive in our pets so what tips can you give to us to make sure our pets are flea and tick free this summer so again it's kind of something that you don't want to leave until you see because once you're starting to see especially fleas it means that there are lots more lurking under the surface so most of us um, vets would recommend that you treat your pets all year round and there are some really good products now that you can either use spot-ons or tablets that you can give them which will take care of everything and it's probably people sometimes worry about the expense but if you end up having if your dog gets dermatitis because it gets fleas or if it you know gets something nasty from ticks like paralysis it's much more expensive than the cost of just treating them every month so i guess as talk they to your vet you know prevention's better that's than it that's what i was yeah. going to say yeah absolutely um so summer is also a time you know with the the nicer weather where we spend more time outside in the backyard or in the garden playing with our pets now are there any garden items that we should be mindful of that might pose as a hazard to our pets oh there, i get there are lots of things but it's again it's like people need to use common sense things like herbicides and pesticides so weed killers you know rat bait and mouse bait if you're using that um, and things like slug bait can all be yep. really dangerous so you need to keep them away even things like tools like rakes and that sort of thing keep them in the shed or keep them securely away because we do see cats and, and dogs and puppies that get injured when things fall on them and every so often we see um which is really unpleasant dogs that get injured because they try and play with lawnmowers and so if you're mowing the lawn don't let your dog play with it absolutely maybe um, pop them inside for that that time yes it's i mean it seems really simple but it does happen it does yeah um now just back on what you were saying about um toxins like snail bait um if your pet does happen to ingest that what should you do i would go to the vet or call certainly call the vet straight away um because you, some of them may be safe, some of them are very definitely not safe, and you don't really know. And if you waste time trying to work out what's safe and what isn't safe, if it isn't safe, by the time you get to do something about it, it's mm-hmm. much worse than it was at the start. So talk to your, go to your vet straight away. Um, 
ring for an appointment if if you can um but if you can't just get there most vets will if it's something urgent they'll see you straight away um i wouldn't recommend doing things like making dogs sick because you can you can make things worse your vet will treat them appropriately will know what to do um so just let the professionals take care of it yeah and time is um absolutely of the essence in cases like that Mm. uh now lots of uh, families like to take advantage of the warmer weather by hosting like lunches or dinners maybe a barbecue out in the backyard so what do pet uh, owners need to do to make sure their pets don't eat anything they shouldn't perhaps sneak some sausages off the barbecue yeah, or look, something sausages probably some some dogs are much more tolerant than others and i think the two things we think about with with barbecues and party food one is a lot of dogs don't tolerate high fatty food mm-hmm. um it can bring on pancreatitis which is really painful and can be quite severe or it can just you know if they eat lots of things that they're not really used to it can just give them an upset stomach which isn't dangerous but you have to put up with vomiting for a day or two and and diarrhea and often it will settle down but you know you still it's still a bit unpleasant the other thing is bones and especially the sort of bones we use at barbecues like steak bones and chopped bones especially when cooked they're really easy for dogs to eat Cooked bones are not good for dogs because they they kind of digest them and they go through and cause constipation. And chopped bones are just the right size to get stuck and oh. and cause expensive and unpleasant problems. Yep. So I think you just need to be vigilant, not leave dogs unattended around food, um, and just like be really careful. Yep. You know, and I guess you know to tell your kids, tell your friends that it's really not okay to feed your friends leftovers feed your dogs leftovers um without your permission and so a lot of uh, pets um actually probably not pets but dogs like to go for a swim in summer so do you have any tips on what pet owners do to make sure that their dogs are safe in the water and that they don't get into any trouble and drown or anything i like had to that? think a bit about because i hate the water i can yep. swim but i don't i grew up in ireland it was too cold <laughs> um and my dogs don't really like the water either but i guess It'll be fairly apparent whether your dog likes water or whether he, he or she doesn't like water. And I think if they don't, then you don't push it. Um, I think if they do, or if it, when you get them, if it looks like they do, I'd start off on the beach or somewhere where they can easily get in, get out. They're not jumping into deep water. I think if you're, you know, if you're on a boat and you take a dog or a cat, you should definitely keep it secured. So it should be on a lead. Um, and certain dogs, and I was thinking about it because certain dogs are bred for water. So things like Labradors and Poodles swim really easily. But then I guess breeds, thinking about it, I've had Whippets in the past and they've hated the water. And if you think about the shape, it's not going to be easy for them to swim because mm-hmm. they've got really long, thin legs and long, narrow bodies. So you have to leave it up to them. Do it somewhere safe and don't force it would be what I would say. Yep. And so what about for dogs who like to swim uh, in freshwater areas? Should pet owners take the time to learn about like the algae that that might be harmful to their pets? I guess so. Um, And again, thinking about this, not being a swimmer, I kind of thought, well, if you aren't really willing to go in yourself or if you're not really willing to go in, if you're not going to enjoy going in to rescue them, you probably shouldn't let them go in there in the first place. That's a very logical way so of approaching So that would be, my, that would be my, my thing. So yeah. um, I think you just need to be sensible. Yeah. So you have been sending in your summer vet care questions for Dr. Alan Bolton throughout today's show. Up next, we're going to answer your questions. 
At Joy 94.9, there are approximately 300 volunteers bringing you over 75 shows, 24 hours per day, seven days a week. That's a lot of facts and figures to take in, but here's one more number for you to think about. 1-300-569-949. That's the number to call to talk to the Joy sales team about becoming a Joy sponsor. One phone call can get your business on air and online, reaching thousands of Joy listeners at a price you can afford. 1-300-JOY-949. That's 1-300-569-949. Throughout today's show, we've been talking about some of the things pet owners should do to make sure their pets remain happy and healthy throughout the summer months. Now, throughout the show, we've been receiving your emails from uh, for Alan, and we're going to take a quick look at some of these now. So first, Alan, uh, are there any household plants that... Uh, that uh, are not safe for pets? The main one that springs to mind is lilies, which are really, really not safe for cats. And it's the powdery um, pollen stuff on the end of the, mm-hmm. in the flowers. And cats only need to, t- to ingest, eat a tiny, tiny little bit of it, and it can cause kidney failure, um, which often is not treatable. So you have to be really, really careful with lilies and cats. And we have uh, also received an email from Ben. Um, Now, he said this isn't summer related, but actually it kind of is, especially around Christmas time when we have sort of lots of chocolates around the house. Um, So if a dog consumes chocolate, is there anything I should look out for? It's very dose dependent and it's very, um, it depends on the type of chocolate. So if you're talking about dark chocolate and sort of, you know, the the really good 70% cocoa stuff, that can bring on symptoms reasonably quickly. Whereas to be honest, milk chocolate, they have to eat a huge amount of it and it probably isn't likely to cause, it's probably more likely to cause an upset stomach than what we classically think of as chocolate poisoning or chocolate toxicity. So... But certainly with dark chocolate, any amount can can bring on signs. And the signs are, they're a bit like if you have a caffeine overdose yourself. So to start off, you'll get lots of shakes and tremors and shivering and excitability. And little dogs are more at risk because obviously that they have a higher dose per weight. Um, and eventually, you know, that can go on to cause seizures and, and sort of more serious things. So I would say just be careful with dark chocolate for that reason and milk chocolate you need to be careful about it's not so dangerous but it might give them nuts out of stomach um and so another question we have is what about walking my dogs uh when it's hot when should i take them for a walk or can i take them for a walk um yes if they want to go i would say but generally if it's really hot you won't get very far and you need to come home so you kind of need to plan your, your where you're going and I would say go in the morning, go in the evening and just be let them be the guide. And if you see them, I mean, my dog Hector will chase a ball all day long. But once if it's warm, he'll start catching it and taking it off to the shade and sitting somewhere shady. And then, it's, you know, it's time to go home. Um, and another question, actually, on that note, um, for, you know, sort of just coming out to winter when dogs might not have been exercised that much. Should should they go straight into a rigorous sort of exercise and play regime in the summer months or no, should they be you, eased into it? We see quite a lot of injuries and lameness at this time of year and it's preci- just like with people, it's precisely because of that that people decide on the first nice day that they're going to go to the beach and run around for, mm-hmm. with their dog for hours. So that doesn't really work. They need strength and conditioning just like p- people if they haven't been doing very much. So you build up gradually lots of on lead walking and trotting exercise is really good for building up muscle um so just 
take it gradually and be sensible. And just one more question before we move on. How can I keep my pets calm if there's a storm? You probably can't. If if they have a storm phobia, then you probably can't really keep them calm. And it's, it's managing that phobia. So you have to, if you can, stay with them. Um, if storms are threatening, make sure they're indoors and they're secure. Because if they're outside and they panic... They jump fences, they run, they don't know what they're doing. It's not a rational response. They're, ju- they're completely in panic, blind panic. So keep them indoors. Um, stay with them if you can. You can desensitize them. So if you talk to your vet or animal behaviorist, you can get um, recordings of thunder, which you can... It's a, it's a long process, but you can sort of um, play those at a low level until your dog's happy with them and reward them for being relaxed. Um, you can also talk to your vet if, if it's severe about medication. So you can either use short-term medication or you can use a more sort of long-term medication regime to try and reduce the general levels of anxiety. So there are lots of options. Alan, thank you so much for taking the time today to answer our questions on how to keep our pets happy and healthy through summer. That's all right. Pleasure. Uh, So summer is getting closer and closer, the perfect time of year to get out of the house and spend some time with your beloved pets. If you're looking for something to do over the coming weeks, never fear, we have the answer for you with Dog Dates. Up next, your pet's community calendar. This is Dog Dates. That's right, it is the time of the show when we let you know what activities and events are happening in the world of pets and animals. So our dog date for this week is the Human Walking Program. So the Human Walking Program is back. If you need a break from the shackles of office life, our shelter dogs are ready to rescue you. Come on down to Flagstaff Gardens from 12 till 2pm on Friday, November 20, and our shelter dogs will take you for a much-needed walk and play in the park. Not only will you be able to have lots of fun with our adoptable dogs, there will also be food vendors, music and info about adoption, so lots of fun activities there. The Human Walking Program will be held at Flagstaff Gardens on the corner of William and Latrobe Streets in Melbourne. And you can learn more about that at dogshome.com. Now, Alan, we've just about come to an end of the show. That is, which means it's almost the weekend. It is. So before we head off, we're just going to give you a quick reminder of our pet of the week, who is Ace, and he is a gorgeous domestic short hair cross cat who is up for adoption at our North Melbourne shelter. Very sweet and friendly and looking for a family who will love and cherish him as much as he will to you. Uh, If you want to learn more about him, you can visit dogshome.com. Thank you so much for listening. We hope you've enjoyed the show and don't forget to walk your dog. I'm Patrick Katz. This has been Pets Aloud on Joy 94.9. Pets Aloud brought to you by the Lost Dogs Home on Joy 94.9. Thanks for listening to another Joy podcast brought to you by Australia's LGBTQIA plus community media organisation, Joy. Help us keep Joy on air. Head to joy.org.au. Joy, a diverse sound for a diverse community.